Josiah Stroop, and welcome to episode 11 of Coffee and Jesus. Today, I have a another black coffee, just straight up, with a couple scoops of sugar here and there, because of my fond of coffee from Africa, just straight up black coffee and sugar. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, last time I was in Africa, we just drank straight black coffee right off the vine with a couple scoops of sugar, and it was by far the best coffee I have ever tasted on the planet. So shout out to my friends over there in Africa. Just, man, I can't get over that coffee. I, I just need to go back. I'm not I'm not saying I'm just going to go back for the coffee, but that's such a plus already, just knowing that there's amazing coffee there. But uh, I would love to go there um, with some of the people that we're connected to with our church in Africa that we're just helping out and just just knowing that the gospel is not just in the United States, but it's also in Africa and Mexico and Canada. Just what a time to be alive where really you can see clearly that the gospel is growing, not just in your local church, but across the world. And yeah, I'm just so hyped today. Just even I'm kind of getting off of a hyped emotion emotional status because my sister just got engaged Woohoo! clap clap and then that's when i add the audience clapping in the background yay <laughs> but sorry that was very random but that's pretty much how i feel right now it's just such an exciting time for my sister and her new fiance and yeah i'm really looking forward to that wedding and just a very proud brother to see this actually like, just from start to finish, what a great relationship it has been just to see and just see them grow and in life and in college and now going to get married. So it's like, the, this is great. I'm very proud of my sister, very happy for the both of them. But, yeah, also thinking about this next week, uh, me and my sister are both graduating on Saturday from college, so it's been a busy week for me and I've really just had a couple of moments in the week where I was able to spend time with God on a personal level and I would still feel God a lot just like helping me with my schoolwork my senior projects and just being there for me in those moments of presentations but I just been so busy and I'm just like understanding what it's like even somewhat relating I know it's very different for someone that has like a full-time job just working nine to five and then finding that time after dinner or before your work or if you're listening right now you're driving to work I totally feel for you like that's tough to find some time for God even like sometimes it's the emotions and the feelings the frustrations of work kind of get ahead of us and we forget about spending time with God but just an encouragement that God is still with you it's not like you have to be in your Bible to be connecting with God that God is with you no matter where you're at whether you're in your car right now whether you're at work listening to this podcast or you're at school studying or you're at the dinner table in small moments like that, you can still connect with God just by thinking about him, just thinking about what he, 
how he feels about you right now. And truly, I'm going to talk a little bit about that today, but truly I already know that God just loves us so, so much, cares for us in such a deep way that there's nothing else that can be compared to. And so what a blessing and an amazing, good, good father we have in Christ by just receiving that salvation through Jesus on the cross and his resurrection. But anyway, yeah, this is my last week of college and just thinking about my future, starting a job and continuing to find time with God, even making time for this podcast. I'm not worried about that. I just understand so much and I hope like everyone grows to understand this too is that there's such a benefit of spending just even minimal time with God whether you're just walking from your car to the store or from your car to the work you're just having that thought dear God just please be with me today thank you for allowing me to be here Thank you for what you're doing in my life. God, just reveal something for me today. Let me be a part of your will today. Show me what you have for me today, Lord. And I find that just saying those simple sentences connects me more and more with God, even if I miss personal time with my Bible and spending time in prayer. I just feel like I'm still so connected with God. And we're not justified by our works not justified then by the amount of time we spend with God but man is it so beneficial to just spending time with God in prayer and simply if you're listening to this right now good for you like we're here talking today listening to grow with God right now so to start us off um, I want to kind of start in Luke 16 and read this parable that Jesus describes and to his disciples and it's pretty interesting and I remember reading this this last week I think on Monday and I just kind of sat there just like thinking about it more and more and I think this is like a deep topic and something to be just almost pondering about and just how amazing our God is both wise and just and loving and I know I can make up more and more words, but this still won't justify how amazing our God is, but yeah, even right now, I'm just, yeah, I'm just so in love with God, and I hope you understand just how much God loves you and wants to be there for you and give you wisdom, and for today, I really hope that you gain wisdom from this podcast, so yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's start off in Luke 16 verse 1 and so I'm just going to read to probably through 1 through 16 but there's some really good really good parables in here and really good wisdom that I really want to just dive into so starting off verse verse 1 in chapter 16 of Luke it's titled the parable of the dishonest manager So it says in the ESV version, He also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your manager, for you can no longer be manager. 
And the manager said to himself, what shall I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. It's like, wow. If you, during this time, it feels like if you lose your job, it's like you're automatically out on the streets. So this is already kind of like intense. Anyway, picking this up, it says, I am not strong enough. Oh, I read that. I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, A hundred measures of oil. He said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. So that's a little interesting. If he picked that up, he asked for a hundred, but he, well... The guy was in debt for a hundred, but he only asked for fifty. So, like, why did he do that? Let's continue. Verse seven. So then it says, "Then he said to another, and how much do you owe?'" He said, "A hundred measures of wheat." He said to him, "Take your bill and write eighty. So yet again, he's asking them to give less than what they owe. So that's interesting. So verse eight. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. Okay, so <laughs> let's I'll, let's remember that verse for a second. Let me read that again. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. Verse 9, And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of righteous wealth, of unrighteous wealth. So that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in, this, in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that, which is another's one who will give, uh, which is another's who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Ooh, so that's a little interesting, and I'll pause there. I'm going to read um, the next couple of verses, but really this parable is talking about, for me, what I grabbed is between the manager and these debtors and his love for money, almost being dishonest. And I'm wondering the whole time, like, why is this guy only asking for like 80 like when he's like when the they know he knows that these people owe the master 100 of wheat 100 oil but he keeps asking them for a little bit less like 80 or 70 but let's go back to uh, verse 8 so it says the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness for the sons of this world 
are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And really, it's like, okay, we have to understand what does that mean, the sons of this world and the sons of light. And if you go back in Genesis, it says, talks about light. In the beginning, there was light. And Jesus, truly in my understanding, even in, I believe, Mark, it really defines Jesus as the light of the world. So Jesus being the light and we as sons of the light, sons and daughters being saved following Jesus, we are now the sons of light. And we are called to love, be generous, and be giving, have mercy on people, but also being just. And really, in this passage, you're seeing this guy that's asking these debtors to only pay for less than what they owe because of his like love for money almost like he doesn't want there to be just justness for the master he doesn't want the master to get paid in full because the master put him put him on the streets really so it's like man you see already like the shrewdness of this man this used to be manager now just trying to fire back at the master and let's read this last verse again in verse 13 no servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other and he will be devoted to the one and despise the other and cannot serve god and money and that's what we have to be careful about even thinking about tithes just really what such an important aspect of tithing for church is to show that really money's not a big deal in my life money is not my god and i want to give to the kingdom i want to give to the father who has given me already too much it feels like he's already given me his son which has been a free gift and he god made that sacrifice through his son and we talked about that today just what a good father we have in this free gift, there was a sacrifice that had to be, na- be made through God, and that was Jesus giving up his, God really gave up his only son for us, and through that, he was dead on the cross and then resurrected, and now we have this free gift of salvation, but we're called to live this new life in Christ. We're no longer in sin, no longer dead, but now alive in Christ called to live righteously and really this man this manager shows like how far gone he is just almost dedicating his life to money and really what's scary is like it's easy to make money your god when you think money is what controls the world money is what makes profit what builds houses what builds families, makes them together, what helps bring happiness. It's all dependent on money. Well, truly, as Christians, we don't believe that. We believe that God truly is our joy, our peace, our salvation, our eternal life, both on earth and in heaven. We just have life, true life in Christ. And, yeah, it's that's such an important aspect to understand and such an important understanding of tithing for the church just really dedicating god here's here's my life 
I still dedicate my money to you as well. Money is not my God. You are my God, Lord. And just wa- even just thinking about the verses in the Bible that talk about giving and how God is just going to repay you. And I've seen so many people and heard so many testimonies about how they gave little but received so much because they trusted in God. Even in the midst of like feeling like God's telling you to give a certain amount to the church or to someone. And if you feel like God's telling you to do that, I really just encourage you just to not be scared. Just to be confident in who our God is and just watch him bless you in ways that you will not expect. Not just to pay you back, but in more ways that just are undescribable, just how amazing our God is. And that's who our God is, just such a loving God. And when we serve him, it's like, it's not like we're serving a, in my head, a Nazi or like a boot camp instructor just screaming at us. Like, here's this loving father guiding us, like showing us like what sin looks like, what the unrighteous looks like, what we're going to face in this world with people that truly see money as their god and really it's not they end up out on the streets they end up not happy and seeing god as our one true god and not money and not popularity or any other things it's like this is where life is truly happening that life has happiness now life has peace with god life is just so much more better when you're doing it with God. Anyway, let's go to verse 14. And so it's titled, The Law and the Kingdom of God. So it says, The Pharisees who were lovers of money. So here you go. Here's the Pharisees clearly straight up saying the Pharisees who were lovers of money heard all these things and in my notes, I was thinking they're probably feeling condemnation after this. Feeling like, oh, well, I think money's a big deal to me. And you think about Judas, like, they paid him just to guide them to Christ, um, to take him away. And they're just, they're in love with money. Just straight up says they're lovers of money. And so it says... They heard all these things, and they ridiculed him. They ridiculed Jesus. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Whoa! (laughs) Like, Jesus just, boom! Just, like, slams him. Let me read that again. So this is what he says to... The Pharisees, after they ridiculed him, he says, you are those who justify yourselves before men. So you're trying to get justification from men. Men, look at me. Here's all my money. Here's my status. Beat that. But then Jesus says, but God knows your hearts. God knows your greediness. God knows where your hearts are truly at. For what is exalted among men, like money, like popularity, like other things in life, is an abomination in the sight of God. And that is the truth we live in as Christians, that we can notice and understand what's of the world and what's godly. That when we live life with Christ, we gain wisdom and understanding that money is not the end 
end all. Having a family and being wealthy, living on a yacht, even though that sounds amazing, is not what I praise and look after, look in my future just to desire and lust after. No, I want to just have a true relationship with God. I want to do God's will in my life because of what he's done for me. And God sees that. And I think that's such an amazing aspect to understand in that one verse where it says, but God knows your heart is that he knows all of those sinners hearts, but he also knows us. He also knows the righteous us Christians that who say that we are followers of Christ, that he knows our hearts. He knows that we want to be with him. We seek wisdom, and truly he wants to give that. But he also sees the hearts of man that are so unjust, and man, how intense that would be just to see all these people who are not following Christ, but to see those who love him, who love Jesus, and how much he wants to bless us and just walk with us in joy and comfort, loving us as children, just saying, look at my beloved, just following me. Here, I'll bless you with wisdom. Here, I'll bless you with wealth. Here, I'll bless you with more than what you think is good. But here's what I think you need. Here's what you need in life. It's like God knows our hearts. God knows exactly what we need. And when we focus our eyes on God and not of this world, we will set ourselves apart to succeed not in the earthly realm but in the heavenly realms on earth to be blessed by the heavenly father boom <laughs> like is that not hype just to s know that god sees your heart and when you're wanting a connection with god when you're wanting god to break through he sees that and he also sees other people's hearts and you're like why why is this person doing this to me? Why am I dealing with this frustration with this person? They're not a Christian, but they're really coming after me. And God understands. Right here, God is saying, I see you and I see them and I know the difference. I see you following me and I know who doesn't. It's like, oh, that gives me so much peace and understanding of who God is. It's so much of the time we can just be caught up in it and just be sucked up in situations where it's like it feels like the world is against us but even now I want just to bring you some wisdom if you don't know this but God knows exactly what you're going through God wants to bless you with wisdom and peace because he sees you he sees your heart and he sees those who go against you and he knows their heart and God is a just God. And at the end of the day, God is going to do what he needs to do and what he wants to do with both his children and those who don't follow him. God is above all people and all things. And we can just be at peace that we're on his side. <laughs> oh, I'm going to take a sip of coffee after that one. That was pretty, pretty intense. You know, I'm going to miss I'm going to miss being at college at those coffee shops and getting an iced vanilla latte. Shout out to Chapters probably one last time. But man, I'm going to need to find a good shop or figure out how to make a vanilla latte pretty soon. But 
Anyway, let's continue. So we got two verses left, 16 and 17. And let's see what it says. And it says, this is Jesus again. It says, the law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached and everyone forces his way into it. But it is easier easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. Ooh. <laughs> like, that's kind of like, I remember reading this for the first time and I was like, whoa. Like, what? what do you mean? Like, that's kind of like a big sentence. So let's read 17 again. So it says, But it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. And so, what is the law? What is the law even after salvation, even after knowing who we are in Christ? What is the law? Well, the law is really what justifies us before receiving salvation, before accepting Jesus and what he's done on the cross and his resurrection, we were justified by the law. The law is saying you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. The Old Testament, remember all those sacrifices. If you don't know the Old Testament, um, people had to do sacrifices to become pure after all this time sinning and making mistakes. And it talks about in the Bible just like, the law saying like even if we like thought of something wrong or impure it's like boom you're condemned to hell you're you're screwed until you until you make a sacrifice and it has to be a pure lamb it has to be like all this like massive procedure and setup and then you hopefully light it on fire and it all works out and you're good and then you think of something else and bam you're it's flawed <laughs> and it's like that would suck. That would suck to live in that time because, like, there's no way I feel like I would make it to heaven if I would, like, I'd have to make a sacrifice, like, the minute before I died. Even then, it would be hard. But luckily, because of Jesus, he steps in front of the law. When we receive him, the law is still just. It's still there. It still shows that we are sinners. But because we have received Christ, now when God sees us and uh, we are not justified through by the law and the law doesn't see our past sins, he just, it just sees Jesus. God just sees the pureness of Jesus within us. That is why Jesus has died for us so that we are no longer <laughs> voice crack. We are no longer justified by law, but we're now justified by grace. And, oh, so then, so that's what law is, okay? So, law is still there, but it says, but it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. The law is just. The law is still the law. Like, it's not like, okay, we're now in Christ, but the law now just doesn't exist no it's not true the law is still not void it's still there it's still for our understanding of who we were without christ and how we should be living now and through christ we can live by the law we can live in righteousness we can say no to sexual impurity we can say no to 
drunkenness. We can say no to all these sinful ways because now we're in Christ. It's so much easier now that we're in Christ than before when we were so deep in our sin, so far from Christ, and we were just being judged by the law. You just feel that condemnation before Christ, before receiving Jesus. And I even even relate to that so much where there were times where I just felt so far from God and so just condemning to myself, and I didn't understand grace yet. I still didn't fully grasp what it meant to be justified by grace, and I just felt the justification by law, and I was just felt like I was getting attacked, and missing a Sunday service felt like I was getting farther away from Christ, and here it's saying that no, like even through salvation, the law still exists. The law is there to show that we were once sinners and really showing and defining what sin is. And what I wrote something in here on my journal. It says, Jesus equals salvation, but the law remains. But it is so crucial to understand what it means to be justified by grace and how it's a free gift to receive Jesus and his sacrifice and his resurrection dying for us so that we may be now connected with our Heavenly Father, no longer justified by works, by our sacrificial sacraments, but now just by the love of God, the love of Jesus. And still the law exists. The law is still there. It's still like just. It's not void. Like, there's still sin in the world. There's still people that live in sin. It's not like, because Jesus did this, all of sin in general, the definition of sin doesn't exist. That's not true. Sin still exists. The law shows that. And really, if the law wasn't there, there'd be no purpose for any of this because the law gives us a better understanding of what great a sacrifice God had made for us through his son and man just what a good father we live in what a straight straight up G (laughs) Uh, I'm just really silly today I think it's the emotions but I'm just so in love with what God is doing on earth and in heaven and both in the past, present, and future. And just that's what we live in as Christians, just being excited for the next steps with Christ. And I really encourage everyone that's listening and who don't don't walk this Christian life or who struggle with it, or even if you're not a Christian, just please reach out to me if you have any questions. Uh, Reach out to me if you have any thoughts um i'm really i really want to be there for you and i want to connect get an ice vanilla latte um but also just understand that there is a father in heaven who sent his son to die for you because he loves you because he wants to send his son to sacrifice for you for your sins that he wants to take those sins away from you. He wants to take those frustrations away, and he wants to give you a better life than this. But, yeah, man, what a good, 
good father we have in Christ. I hope everyone is having an amazing day. I hope you have a great week. And I'm so excited to graduate. I'm so excited to see what's in store for the next episode. But God bless. Have a coffee on me. (laughs) Thank you.